Shut up. <laughs> wow. It's time for the podcast. Oh. Get That's me. definitely the intro to this episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Toss Salads and Scrambled Eggs, a Frasier podcast. I'm Dave. I'm the French electronic dance duo Daft Punk. <laughs> Uh, and today, I guess the three of us are going to talk about episode 821, Semi-Decent Proposal. Hey, I'm Diane. I'm late. <laughs> okay, I guess the four of us are going to talk about it. I only see three of us here. Three? Me, you, and Gigi. I don't know what you're talking about. Daft Punk is hiding at my house. My house. Anyway, Frasier, we're going to talk about that now. Uh, episode 821. Tell me things about this episode. Tell me the things. Did you say the name of the episode? I did. I did. Semi-decent proposal? I said those words. Okay, it's the cackle plane. The cackle plane. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This episode is long. We're back to like the normal uh, lengths. Okay, so I'm not surprised because it's a... Uh, how long is it? 2208. Oh, because it's a to be continued. It's a to be continued. It originally aired as an hour long episode, so it didn't have the like end bit. So that, Uh... yeah, that's why. That's why that is. So this is written by Lori Kirkland Baker, which, Uh... yeah, she is, uh, as I mentioned before, she's our our, like highest rated, like. Well, that explains why I liked this episode. Uh Uh huh. Yeah, she is by far our highest rated writer that's done like a bunch of episodes. You know, there there are others that like they wrote one and they got a five, and but that doesn't. I'm not counting that. I'm yeah, it's people. like better if you've written ten episodes and gotten like fours and like. Yeah, she's so. she's in the like four point five range. Yeah, of, like she's written so which when you've written this many, that says a lot because mm-hmm. like there are other people that they wrote this many as many episodes as her, but they had like one we really disliked and mm-hmm. that drags it down. Uh, yeah, she uh, consistently writes episodes that we really like. So um, I think she nails all the characters, like th- agreed, gets yes. them yeah. to their core mm-hmm. and understands the characters the best. Yeah. Well, I mean, she is a producer on the show, too. Like she's the producer on the show and has been for a long time. So that makes sense. Interesting thing, though, I I feel like it's pretty clear already without us being mm-hmm. starting talking about the episode mm-hmm. that we both like this episode right yeah okay weirdly this episode is one of the lowest rated episodes on imdb the lowest rated episodes on imdb get like a 7.2 this gets a 7.5 huh it is tied for 22nd worst huh like there's there's a bunch that get a 7.5 mm-hmm. but it's like one of the lowest rated episodes and granted that might be for both parts i don't know i'm not entirely okay well sure. we're only talking about this we're first only talking part. about the first part yeah yeah i like i love when we start in a weird place as mm-hmm. everyone knows so i do too but before we start before we start i think we need to talk about a slight change that's happening with the patreon stuff okay so i want to say this would be around uh, when we would have put up a video episode for patreon um, but what we've kind of figured out looking at the stats is nobody's watching those and the episodes keep ending up late because we're putting up video ones. So we're going to keep all those up, all the ones that we did up there. But I think the more entertaining stuff in there is the uh, the audio stuff 
there, the bonus audio that you can only hear on right. Patreon. Like the video, some of the videos do have like extra little bits. That, yeah, yeah. But the, most of it, the audio, there is some visual entertainment in them. But yes. Yeah. It's mostly the audio. It's mostly the same. And you can see us. If you want to see us talking, go to twitch.tv slash TGIF Arcade and you'll see us talking constantly. You know, all the time. Yeah. Like, that's. Like, you don't even have to see us live. Like, there's videos video, right. of us. Yeah. Or you can go to our YouTube mm-hmm. and look at us, which right. is youtube.com slash TGIF Arcade. Mm hmm. And also, all the videos we did before, they're staying up. That's not going away. But we're we're gonna shift some of the reward stuff around a little bit. We've got some. We've ha- been talking about some of the stuff that we're changing. But that's one thing that we're changing mostly so that everybody keeps getting the episodes on time. Because it, it seems people weren't super into it, and that's fine. Like we just thought it would be. Uh, I think people might like. If you mm. are actually super into it, please let us know. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like if you're just like, no, I loved watching those things, and I'm gonna miss it. Please let us know. Like we're we're making assumptions based on stats, but for all we know, somebody who's paying for it is like super into it, or somebody wanted to like subscribe so they could see that stuff, and now they're gonna be sad that it's going away. If that's the case, please let us know. You can you know tweet at us at uh, Fraser Podcast or email us at FraserPod at gmail Either one of those, like just let us know, and you know maybe we're wrong, and maybe we'll change what we're doing. But for right now. We're probably not going to be doing those. We keep doing the bonus audio and all yeah, and other stuff. Pretty much every episode has bon- b- bonus. It's where we have Bono on. And yeah, yeah. Does... Bono. Bono. Oh, <laughs> Sonny Bono. Uh, the, the ghost of Sonny Bono has left, uh, just comes in and does messages sometimes. No. <sighs> Neither of us can say bonus, apparently. Okay, so let's talk about the episode. After I drink by this. You can drink <laughs> None of us can pronounce any words. Let me just drink my this. That's how I look. That's also how I Dark Souls, which you will know if you watch us at twitch.tv slash DJF Arcade, which is, oh, I messed that up real good. The timing on that. Let me take another little sip during my dead time and get worse at it. The time, in the, game, time. the time in the game while I'm dead, while it's reloading, because I died. Which is all the time. It's not true. It's, I mean, it's, it's not. It's not. It's, it's okay. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. Electro- electronic store. Electronic store. Yes. So Niles is buying a DVD player for Daphne. Mm-hmm. They both know nothing about electronics. Uh huh. Uh huh. Did you know about this multi angle thing? I've I, never heard of it. So I. I had forgotten about it. I looked it up to see what other options there were. But it would I, have to be like a thing on the DVD, it right? It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's like what, a feature on the DVD. Right. So some DVDs have it. Apparently, it's really good on Die Hard. Like, you can watch different the scenes in at different angles from on Die Hard, apparently, which I find really interesting because I'm like, did they... Did they go and find old unused shots and like I don't know how entirely how it works, but like it seems like they would have had to find like I would get it. I think they had it in the Matrix because like so. Oh yeah, I could see the that. Matrix DVD. I just think they remember the Matrix DVD is the reason people started buying DVD players. Like they were around before it came out, but that DVD and all the extra features are the reason people started buying it. And I would not be surprised if there were. This kind of multi-angle shot thing in that. But I've never 
checked. I don't know. You know what I think would be cool, but I don't know if anyone has utilized this yet. You know the Google feature? I don't know if it's just through Google, but you can use your phone and you can like scan a party or scan a room. Mm -hmm. You know, like you can spin around and like look at something in your phone, which freaks me out because it makes me think that the room is also like people in the room are looking at me as well. Uh huh. You mean like the AR, like the altered reality kind of stuff? Yeah. Yeah. And it's just so cool because it makes you feel like you're in the room mm-hmm. and that would be cool to watch a movie that way. Yeah. Where, like your, um, what's that word? Inter. Oh, interactive. Mm-hmm. Like in the movie, mm-hmm. like maybe sort of like, Oh, you had to bleep it. That prodigy song that has a curse word in it, uh-huh. you know, mm-hmm. smack my, you know, be up, mm-hmm. uh, bees yeah don't smack bees don't don't do that they're but, uh, they're but important for honey that's production. like a fr- <laughs> that's and like a fr- pollination sorry yes shut yeah. up <laughs> so <laughs> that's only funny for the bonus audio <laughs> yep yep that just seems really mean unless you have well, read the bonus audio and it is Anyway, t- talk about yes. Keep going. Yes, that, that so video. So you're like first person view in that. Yeah. And I think that would be really cool. Like where you're, you know, you know what I'm just describing. It's just VR. I'm you're just literally describing, describing VR. VR. Yeah. I was think yeah, because I was thinking like, or that I want like a movie that's VR. Not I don't want to be in a scary mental institution. I don't want to mm-hmm. like be on a roller coaster. So, I just want to be in a movie. So you can watch movies using an Oculus Rift, and like there's a whole thing about how you can like I, I keep I've seen multiple commercials where like you can actually sort of like virtually watch with another person if you're both watching on Oculus Rift together. But it's like you can then like interact with them while you're watching it or whatever Mm -hmm. but that just makes me think of that movie hardcore henry which is that like it's it's i really want to watch this movie you should not you will almost certainly get sick but essentially it's like these this non-stop action movie shot on a gopro like it's a it's a first person action film shot on a GoPro by like that's all these crazy stunt work of like leaping off of cars and doing all these crazy rolls and gunshots it and like parkour the stuff. Peripheral on it. From what I've seen, I mean, we could try it, but all I'm saying is like that could be cool in that. I don't clip. know. I got sick of listening to a Neutral Milk Hotel song, so who knows? Yeah. Anyway, that isn't what's happening in this multi-angle thing because it's literally only one angle. Um, but I liked his reasoning, which is, oh, the remote can be used anywhere in the uh-huh, room. Uh-huh. I did and, too, okay, yes. Okay, one, 100%, this is hilarious only for me because I feel like it's so specific. Mm-hmm. So my mom really likes Dust Boat. Mm-hmm. Uh, like some, that's a good movie, but it's very long. Yeah, it is. It's long. Also, it is a sad movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, yes, it is. But it's great. It's a very good movie. But so we meet, we're we kind of introduced to Claire French that we learn later. Her name sounds fake to me. <laughs> uh-huh. But is a good name. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Like, when you have a last name that isn't like, that is just like another word like that, mm-hmm. it sounds like you made it up. Yeah. Like, you know, like if I, your last name is Fork or something. Mm-hmm. It's like, how did you get, la- how do you get the last name French? Yeah, I mean, lots you're... of people have the last name French. I know. It's not like uncommon. Like French. Yeah. I know. That's exactly what I thought <laughs> yeah. of. Yeah. Well, it's like, well, I guess it's more like when, uh, there, there's definitely a line where something becomes like 
common enough but not so common it's like smith that you go like really is that really your name well like, smith also sounds like a last name but maybe it's well, just because you just it's so common no no what i mean is like name. because it's such a common last name if you use something that common you just kind of go like okay well whatever oh, that what makes was sense. that okay what was starbucks we were... Yeah, well, okay, but was what like, was his first name? It was like Steve Starbucks or like some simple like Yeah, we were watching uh, an old Unsolved Mysteries and yeah. the guy had run away and changed his name to like Steven Starbucks. <laughs> right, yeah. It is- oh, that looks like my friend Steven Starbucks. <laughs> but like if you don't know, like I, if someone just introduced me. No, to, no, I'm would- sorry. If I was friends with somebody who like some guy who just showed up in town one day and was like, yeah, I'm Steven Starbucks, I'd have been like, okay, this guy is definitely a killer on the run. Like, 100%, this is a killer on the run. Well, you know who isn't a killer on the run? As far as we know, it's Claire French. <laughs> and she knows a lot about German. German? Yeah, she knows German. So does so does. Okay, how could Niles not realize that they were flirting? Yeah, this is some very obvious flirting. Interesting thing. Okay. But I, I do, I think it's really funny when... He's like, how would I have known? And he goes, I was speaking German. Yeah. So, okay. A couple of interesting things So uh, from that transcript site that I use for this now it, that pointed out, like, one, that they had someone from Germany actually try to, like, respond, like, like say what these things are that he's that they're saying oh, to each uh-huh. other. So, first of all, Frazier is clearly just saying, like, just ignore him. Mm-hmm. Uh, to tell you know she's mm-hmm. he's basically telling Claire like ignore Niles so he's like just ignore him except he uses a version of that sentence that like you wouldn't use with somebody you don't know it's a very like informal like friendly version of the sentence mm. which Fraser would absolutely know the etiquette of if he spoke French if spoke French if he spoke German mm-hmm. but then they were like. Claire's response just sounds like gibberish to me, except for the yeah, yeah. Like, it just sounds like nothing. Like, just, it doesn't really sound like real words. But it seems like it's something like, you know, whatever you say or, like, uh, you know, just nothing really, like, real words. It doesn't sound like real words. It's weird because there's subtitles on the screen in German. Does it actually show subtitles on? Yes. Oh, I thought it just said, like, speaks German, but... Okay. No, they're actual subtitles. Did you watch the episode? <laughs> yes, I watched the episode. And I had the subtitles on, but either way, like I didn't translate them. I just accepted them for the speaks German. <laughs> mm-hmm. The other thing, though, is that like Fraser didn't speak German in season two when. Well, he did now. He said he speaks some German. Oh. He said he was going to learn German. He mm-hmm. said, he, mm-hmm. I forgot mm-hmm. about that. He mm-hmm. did say he was going to learn German back when, like, mm-hmm. he was talking about all these things he wanted to change. He said he wanted to learn German so he could study Freud in the original German. That's right. He did say, okay, now, I'm all right, cool. I'm, I'm now fine with the fact that he d- didn't speak German in season two, and now he does. Well, a bit. A bit. He yeah. says he speaks right. it a bit, and that is what we hear. Right, exactly. Bit. That makes perfect sense to me. I mean, yeah. Okay, cool, and so, wait. What was her name before? Was it Lena? It wasn't Lana. It was something else. La- Lana. Yeah. yeah. He he. Def- it, like she definitely had a like. I thought it was Lorna. It was Lorna. That's it. Yes, it was Lorna. It, they they changed it. I remember reading somewhere that there was a reason that name changed, but now I don't like. 
a while ago. Now that we're talking about it, I remember a while ago reading it changes from Lorna to Lana, and there was a reason they stopped calling her Lorna. And I don't know if it was... I, I can't remember off the top of my head what the reason mm. was, but I do remember that... Was it Lorna when they were dating that original time? Yes. There was... Yeah, it was, they expected the audience to totally forget that she it, had a different name. Well, so the thing is, like, one, it's been like a year plus since that episode played. Uh-huh. Two, so like, I mean, at the time, people weren't watching it in that those sort of like frequently. Yeah, yeah, runs. it would have been a while. Yeah, and then there's also the fact that like she wasn't supposed to come back when it when she was Lorna. People just liked her so much that they decided to, like, bring her back as a character. But, like, she was never supposed to return. It was supposed to be a one-off thing. And people oh. just enjoyed it so much. So Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. But like, she wasn't supposed... Like, yeah, they definitely changed it. Uh, and I So, know. weirdly, L- Lana... Lana. Lana, mm-hmm. Lana and, and Claire know each other. And uh-huh. Lana's there to do, like, this return where she, like, totally bullies the person working there under... I mean, Lana that's very... bullying somebody? What? I mean, that seems to be her thing. Yeah. I do like that we hear... Okay, so I don't know if she's just so clueless. Why would you say, like, oh, this guy here was so nerdy in high school, he wanted them to have interpretive dance Uh in gym class? Why would you just drop that, like, uh, other than you're a bully? Like, why is that relevant even now? They're in their 40s. Yeah, but... uh they're in their 40s but also that's all she has is, uh, about fraser they dated for like a couple weeks yeah but like the main thing that like i don't know i see this happening partially just because lana is kind of a bully and like she may not even realize that that's a thing that like w- might be like hurtful to say okay and i also think what happens next is strange where claire Asked Fraser to, like, oh, I'm just throwing a surprise party. So, obviously, you should bring uh, Lana there. Yeah. Hey, you don't, you haven't talked to Lana in a year and basically only know her from high school. Can you be in charge of... Like, this is a bad... Okay, so, the thing about surprise parties is that she probably would already have somebody else in mind to bring her yeah. to, under the guise of the surprise party. Mm-hmm. So, at my job, somebody rented out the place for a surprise party and like it was mm-hmm. for their mother right and the mother gets there and like i can see hear her downstairs like oh you lied to me <laughs> uh-huh. uh-huh i mean and it was just like well i was a good start a surprise party <laughs> i mean like she had a good time i actually heard her leaving being like oh yeah that was worth it it was mm-hmm. worth like you she obviously probably had to i don't really think of that as lying but yeah, i guess yeah. that's what you it I mean, is technically it's lying it's but i don't know so regardless i just thought that was very funny mm-hmm. but you would already have this planned out right yeah 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 like less than a week after like before the party happens you're not gonna be like hey stranger who i've just met who apparently knew lana like 30 years ago can you do a thing for me like, no, yeah, you're right. There's no chance that she would ask this. But whatever. It's the premise of the entire episode. So it's fine. That's so now we're in Fraser's apartment. Mm-hmm. Niles and Martin are setting up this DVD player. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I have tried to set up. Remember when everything went digital and you had to, like, set up the converter box if you didn't have cable? Yeah. That is just as confusing as apparently this DVD player that you uh-huh. had to plug in a bunch of wires to. And mm-hmm. So, 
the thing is, we have a DVD player in the back right now that's not currently hooked up, but is has like multiple different speakers that plug into it in different spots, mm-hmm. and I could see it it that being very similar to this, like it definitely being like having multiple wires that you plug into it because you actually have like it's a DVD player that's supposed to go to a surround sound system, so it's got like six different wires in the back that you have to plug in, but one. He's like, here, this red wire, it's obviously supposed to go here. And then it makes, like, a horrible noise. That can happen, but it only happens if, one, the speaker's turned on at the time, which just don't do that when you're plugging all that stuff in because it makes some terrible noises. And, two, the red wire goes in the red jack. There's a jack that's red. Put the red one in the red one, and you're done. Like, you did the thing. Hi, my name is Jack Red. (laughs) Here for the party. Red Jack is actually a really good character in Friends at the Table. Is it really? Yeah, he's he's like an Oni. Oh, a yeah. demon? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Red Jack's great. Uh, anyway, but yeah, the... No one knows what you're talking about. No, but if, if you like RPG podcasts and you've listened to all of Android Dreams, uh, you should listen to Friends at the Table, which is actually much better and has been around a long time, but uh, and is the reason it I... It doesn't have to be a comparison. Yeah, it's a it different... Is. It just is. No, it's, it's a different podcast. It's a different podcast. But yeah, Red Jack is a great character in that. Um, but anyway, yeah, there's, there is a, there might in if there's like a stereo jack, there would be like a red jack and a white jack and a yellow jack, and you put the yellow cord into the yellow one and the white one and the white one and the red one and the red. Yeah, one. that's a fun game. Um, so we find out that Dave has something in common here with Niles. <laughs> Which is yep. that Daphne is an aggressive sleeper and punched him right in the arm. Uh-huh. uh-huh. And, you know, that has happened uh-huh. between Dave and I. Well, to be fair, I don't know that you've really ever punched me. I do try to push you off the bed sometimes. You have... I don't think I'm trying to push you off the bed. I'm, like, trying... I'm just pushing? Yeah. This is the thing. You have definitely lifted your leg up at a 90 degree angle and planted it in the middle of my back and pushed like you were trying to like launch me off of the bed (laughs) that has in fact happened before (laughs) and i also i was gonna say i've actually hit you in the night Mm -hmm. when i in my sleep but that was startling if i'm sure because i usually don't move at all in my sleep Diana pushes and rolls and kicks and does all kinds of things in her sleep. I'm very acrobatic. Yeah, yeah. Lots of that kind of stuff happens. Like, she moves a lot in her sleep. Yeah, so as soon as I saw this thing about Daphne punching uh, Niles in the shoulder so hard that it still hurt the next day, uh, I was just like, Diana's going to find this very amusing. Okay, so... I don't think there is such a thing as a sleep groove. No, no. If you're the sort of person that punches in your sleep, that's going to happen. Like, if you're just a restless sleeper, that yeah. is your style of mm-hmm. sleeping. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I find it shocking that if Dave is sleeping alone in the bed, my side of the bed is entirely untouched. <laughs> and Basically, yeah. Pretty because much. there have been times where, like, I'm sick, so I just slept on the couch or mm-hmm. something. And I'll go in there, and it's like, Dave's side is just all neat. Like, it's like, he looked like he slept on his side, and then my side is just, like, unslept, unmoved, <laughs> yeah. untouched. Smooth. Like, it's smooth I as sleep if it was in made the bed in a hotel. 
it's like blanket one one blankets on the floor and i was i don't even know what's happening yeah everything is in crazy directions yeah i yeah. don't even understand yeah how that can be possible but mm -hmm. i make it possible i'm yes <laughs> yep so one thing i thought was funny here is like when martin's explaining like them getting into a sleeping groove he's like yeah, you know, the first six months your mother and I were together, we were like Dempsey and Tunney. And then he starts to explain who Dempsey and Tunney were. And Niles just says, like, Dad, please, I know a little something about vaudeville. I had no I, I was like, I have no idea. I was like, this is a joke and I don't know what it is. So I looked it up. But, so Dempsey and Tunney were boxers in the 20s. Oh. <laughs> so, like, they were and, like, were pretty famous. They had actually traded, I think, championship belts back and forth. That's a way funnier joke if you know yeah. that they're boxers. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I write about a whole controversy about where, how, like, a championship-like match between them. There's a whole thing. I'm not going to go into it all because it doesn't matter. But the important thing here is they were boxers. You know what else has boxing in it? Who framed Roger Rabbit? <laughs> the movie Daphne wants to watch once the have, DVD player yeah. is set up. Yeah. It does have a boxing glove. I know. Yeah. That's what I said. Mm-hmm. I love that she was like, who's funnier than Roger Rabbit? <laughs> yeah, like. Like. I mean, I don't, so many people. Pro so many probably. Things. But, like, I love that movie. It's a great movie. I know. It made me really want to watch it. Me too. The The funny thing is, like, though, when she's like, who's funnier than Roger Rabbit? Outside of the movie Roger Rabbit, that's not a thing. Like, was Roger Rabbit in anything before Who Framed Roger Rabbit? No, but he's funny in that. Yeah, like the, I, I guess. Like, okay, I'm sorry, but Roger Rabbit's much funnier than the like gopher from Caddyshack. Yes, agreed. Uh, oh, I just like it when rodents do a dance. <laughs> I mean, as a pro rodent uh -huh. person, yeah, that rodent I would enjoy aficionado. a good ro rodent dancing. Mm -hmm. I still don't think that that is hilarious like more it's definitely not funnier than roger rabbit no i mean most of the thing is like the gopher stuff is mostly funny because of people's reactions to it specifically bill murray reacting to it not then like the actual gopher itself like a puppet gopher just doing a little dance is like okay whatever. i think honestly that movie is the reason why i don't like peanuts and candy bars <laughs> <laughs> and if you've seen that movie you know what i'm talking about <laughs> Uh -huh. Mo moving on we got uh fraser's on his way to go get lana and we find out he's pretty excited not because he's going to pick up lana but because he's going to meet up with claire mm -hmm. and uh, okay i love it's very very important do you yeah, have this written down? i do have it written down. okay so niles brings up the fact that you know he's talking about how like perfect claire is yeah. and then well, niles he specifically says he's got a good feeling about it because you know he wants to cast his net of romance over the, a butterfly named claire uh which Ew. yeah gross yeah niles tells him like you always have a good feeling you think it's going to be perfect and then when she turns out to not be the kierkegaard reading souffle baking haiku writing cellist you're disappointed you need you have to learn to settle which daphne is upset about because he's it, she takes it as like him settling okay but, like, i think the problem is with that word mm -hmm. but also like Niles has a point like yeah. you don't you don't like go on a date sit down at the table right. and you have like an item list of like 10 things and right. you're like um do you do these 10 things okay you pass you yeah. can continue on the date oh you don't do you only do four out of eight so or four out of ten so you're right you're gone yeah 
Like, that is ridiculous. Yeah, that can't like, work. Like, you have to learn, like, that's just how people get along. Yeah. Like, I get, the thing is, like, I could totally see a conversation where I said something like that and Diana would be jokingly offended. Yeah. Because it's like. I don't think Daphne's jokingly offended. Yeah, I don't either. It's like, no, he doesn't mean he's settling because, da- like, Daphne is his like fantasy person you know like Mm -hmm. so which i though at the same time you say like his fantasy person is probably a daphne who also loves the opera and like Mm -hmm. cooks fine french food and does all these other things i mean in a lot of ways niles is settling right but it's settling in the way that it's not the checklist that you just talked about Mm -hmm. that he would guess he wanted Mm -hmm. but rather it's the actual person he wants yeah, I think this is the thing is, like, when you have, like, things that are important to you, so I think it's, like, well, if you want to have a good conversationalist, mm-hmm. then you don't want to go out with somebody that can't make a conversation happen. Right. And you don't, oh, I want someone that's funny. Well, you don't go out with someone that's serious. Right, exactly. It's just, like, you, but do they need to, like, Nine Inch Nails? Maybe right. they don't. Right. And, and that's okay. You just make that work. Right. It, yeah, it's a difference between saying, I like to I have fun. I don't know fun. why I use that band, by the way. Yeah, well, because they're silly, like you were just saying. You want somebody who's silly and not super serious, like Nine Inch Nails. Uh, but no, I guess it's like if you, you value having like a silly, fun time and you want somebody who's able to do that versus saying, I want somebody who really likes these specific comedians. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, okay. You know, they're... You can have a fun time with somebody who's who isn't into the same specific types of comedy you are. I think it's like as long as they don't put those comedians down too. Yeah, yeah. Like they might not like them, yeah. but then they're it not goes, gonna like make fun of you because then right. you'll just feel bad. Right. That's like last but, week, uh, last week's thing. So. Yeah. So, anyways, moving on. Mm-hmm. Oh no, you had to talk. Oh yeah, you did say. I the did. Thing. I said the things. I did. So. Yeah, and then Roz is out the door mm-hmm. with Caddyshack. Yep. But, you know, Martin wants to watch The Longest Day. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Niles wants to watch The Unbearable Lightness of Being. Mm-hmm. Who, you know, who's funnier than Daniel Day-Lewis? Almost everyone. I, th- that's a joke. <laughs> I know. I know. But I'm just, I just, I like that it, like, I'm amused by that attempt at that because it's like, yeah. The- okay, if you're going to have a movie night, mm-hmm. you've already decided the movie ahead of time. You can't just, also, like, do a surprise movie. Also, the... My thing is, this DVD player is a gift for Daphne. Yeah, Daphne should be Daphne able to Daphne picks have her... the first movie. Yeah, definitely. 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 Yes. Yes. But also, it's not even set up yet or working. Right. They haven't even figured it out. So, But either way, if they figure it out, Daphne gets to pick. It's her. And obviously, she has the best movie choice. Yeah, also that. Yeah, yeah. I'm not saying... The Longest Day think, is a bad movie. I don't think any of the movies are bad. But yeah, Who Framed Roger Rabbit is definitely the best. I feel like it's something for everyone there. Maybe not Niles. It should be. It's the best movie of them all. So it's just the correct choice. Of the four, it's the correct choice. Okay. It just is, definitively. Okay, so I feel like this chapter title is very much about specifically the time when it came out. Because it's what women may or may not want. Uh, the movie and or book or the movie what women want came out in 2000 
So this is mm. this is 2001, but it's very shortly after that came out. It's definitely like a very topical chapter title. Okay, so this specific scene in this, I think it's done really well, but also I can't help if it's just trying to like do that like tropey stereotype of women never being able to decide or and to me watching this I've definitely, one, when you're feeling, she's obviously feeling depressed mm-hmm. and upset. We yep. find out her ex-husband's getting married. Mm-hmm. On her a, birthday. Uh, to a much younger woman yeah. in Tahiti. Yeah. And we can assume that they're probably met while they were still married. Yep. Because it's like her, it's like his receptionist yep. or whatever. It's always his receptionist. In a movie, in like a movie or TV or whatever, where the ex is with a younger person, it's always the receptionist. I think it's so weird because wouldn't that person be like, well, you're married, so I'm not interested in you. But it's like this man has to be so charming to a 22-year-old that obviously I'd be like, ooh, no, you're old. <laughs> I got a hottie. Uh-huh. I got a hottie already. Uh-huh. Uh, no thanks. But also, I think this is just I, I don't I don't know how much of this is like TV tropes and how much of it is like realistic. But I don't think it's completely unrealistic that men in a position of power who have like a secretary get it like are attracted to that secretary who's like half their age. Yeah, like, no, I think and, and there's that, obviously that we see that all the time. Yeah. Do we see that all the time because it's in TV or do we see that all the time because it's a real life thing that happens commonly? Yeah, I have I no idea. Don't know. I don't what, know. Does it happen because of those things that we, does it feed into yeah. each other? I feel like if it is as common as TV makes it out to be, it's because those men are just awful I and mean, not because. I mean, they can be, I understand like people are charismatic, people mm-hmm. get. You know, according to TED Talks, all these people are in sexless marriages and stuff. And uh-huh. just, ugh, like, I don't know. Whenever I hear those things, I, I'm i not saying like those statistics aren't accurate. Obviously, there's science to those statistics. Mm-hmm. But I'm just like, I don't know. How about just like talk to your partner? Well, yep. like just talk, talk to your partner sometimes. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, just talk. Yep. Help, helps a lot. Um, well, speaking of things, scenes where that we usually don't see, like settings we don't usually see on this show. Um, Fraser's car. We're in Fraser's car. Not but I also, okay, so talking about having a talk. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing this vulnerable side of Lana, and she's like telling him right away, like, nothing's going to happen tonight. Yeah. Unless maybe I get drunk enough, but probably not. Right, yeah. But she's, you know, upset about her ex getting married. She doesn't even want, she's like upset that it's her birthday mm-hmm. and she's getting older. Yeah. And that, but she's also upset that her friends aren't doing something. Yeah. And so uh, Frazier does this thing, which I don't think he should be doing, mm-hmm. which is I'm going to take you to a different place than the thing. This is her surprise party. Yeah. And I don't think he should be making an executive decision based on what she's saying. Because, like, he's doing this funny thing where she keeps turning the car around. Like, let's go to a Thai place. And, like, mm-hmm. and she gets upset. Like, oh, what a typical man to, like, just take me wherever he likes. And yeah. doesn't ask me. Yeah. And, and then she apologizes and says, like, well, you're not really like that. Yeah. And the thing is, like, we know as the audience that he's actually trying to do something based on what she's saying. Yeah, because she specifically says, like, I don't want to hear the word birthday. I don't want to think about this. I don't want to see anybody I know today. Like, 
Yeah. I, I didn't mean it. Kind of, yeah. So Fraser's doing a nice thing here. Right. Um, or trying to do a nice thing. But I don't really think... I think what she needs is probably just someone to listen to her and be like calming mm-hmm. but also not to make this decision for her because she's not as you can tell she's overwhelmed she's upset mm-hmm. and when you're upset you're not in the right frame of mind to even make you don't know you sometimes like a lot of contradictions you know mm-hmm. like i want this thing but this thing also makes me feel bad right and you know this is why you know like this is why you don't make decisions when you're drunk right too like don't go out and like buy that house when you're drinking because you might realize you don't even want that house you don't want to live there there's all these other things but now you now you put the money down right because you can do that now it's the internet you can just buy a house online and and you know we i love that fraser just eventually just like says like hey I'm, there's a birthday party with all your friends we're gonna go to it yeah. and then she ends up getting upset that he said something that he like ruined the surprise yeah I, the thing is like but i think that was actually sweet of him to do that yeah. because he was trying to check in with her like is this actually something you want or should we not do this right so the thing is yeah like in this sort of scenario if you're the Frasier in this scene, you know, it's easy to just be like, you know what she really needs, clearly really needs from this scenario is to not, like the thing that she's being brought to, it seems from everything she's saying to me right now, what she actually needs right now is not this party. And so I get his decision to like change directions, but then also it'd be like, oh, the right answer is actually not that. And it's like, I get his decision, his, each of his decisions to change the directions. Like, this is a tough scenario if you're trying to also not ruin the surprise. Like, it's funny. Yeah, like, yeah, this yeah. is a very funny scene. Yeah. But it's also like a very, it's also very serious. Yeah. But I also it's, think it's not for Fraser to decide. But based on her thinking of they're just going to dinner. Right. Yeah, the problem is that like, it's yeah i guess it's not up to him to decide but the problem is the decision if he doesn't decide the decision can't be made until it's too late also watch where you're going Fraser. <laughs> he's just looking at yeah. her for like 30 seconds he's yeah. already crashed into half of seattle <laughs> yeah he's definitely doing that thing from amelie about like driving and not looking at the road and like yeah, looking yeah. at the passenger uh yeah but like this is a this is one of those scenarios that we don't see actually very often in Frasier that is really funny in a farcical way, but also I get it. And like, I believe it. Like it's, it's like almost believable to be for him. to. It's done in like an over the top way, but it's not illogical for him to have done any of these things. Yeah, you know? no, I think, and I think like her feeling upset and sad <laughs> is totally reasonable. Yeah. Like these are all things that I feel like, people would be feeling at this time right yeah so now we go now we're at the surprise party mm-hmm. where she pretends to be surprised yep. yep and i love that clara takes fraser aside and you know fraser's like oh you know like how did you keep this a secret and then he's like well discretion is the cornerstone of my profession <laughs> which we know that he did he disclosed it right yep yep i mean you get to hear some more about Claire during this little sure do. sidebar. Yeah. 
which you know that she uh, is a family therapist. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm-hmm. But she did major in you know the cello. Yep. Yep. She studied the cello. She, yeah. She. And then just makes a little haiku just out of thin air. Yeah, so now I'm curious. Hold on. The way it's written, it doesn't look like a haiku, but it, it is. Well, it can be American-style haiku. Well, I mean, it, it does. It has the right number of syllables. Well, yeah, but you don't need to write that kind of haiku I'm in saying. English. If you assume, it does. I know, but that's a, like a not technically correct. Tell me more. Tell, tell you more about haiku? Yeah, well, because this... Okay, so this is uh, this hasn't really come up a whole lot on the podcast, but haiku writing is Diana's whole thing. She's I super haven't in- written in a haiku in so long though, but I did. So I got a BFA, and my you had to do to basically get a, a fine arts degree. You had to like do a final project. Mm-hmm. So my final project was like what fifty haiku. Uh-huh. So yeah, that's what I did for my final project. <laughs> Right. So I'm just saying in the in the basic 17 syllable structure idea of what a haiku is, this is a haiku. Yeah, but if you like, so Jack Kerouac has a book of haiku that are really good, mm-hmm. but they're American style, which is usually like you have that visualization of like something or like nature is really important, that, right. which she has kind of a, right. a nature thing. But a lot of times it's just like a very short poem that is like a visual thing, like right. a concrete kind of idea. Right. But you can really do. I mean, to me, I'm just like, eh, it's poetry. You can have as much fun with it as you want. Right. I prefer 575 because I think it gives you like a more fun challenge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's a little harder in English because we don't, uh, the s- syllables aren't as clearly mm-hmm. like defined, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fire one syllable or two. Yes. Yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> exactly. That yeah. is the problem. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Apparently, but apparently, haiku just spill out of her. They just, they just. Happen. I love it. Yeah. I love yeah. her. Like this gives her so much like whimsy, which Fraser likes all some whimsical. She likes a bit of whimsy. Yeah. Uh, he likes a bit of whimsy. Yeah. Uh, um. Okay, but then. Lana comes over mm-hmm. and is like, hey, let me introduce you to Neil. When Fraser is going over to get her a martini with two olives, which Claire should have been like, I'm waiting for Fraser to get me a martini at the bar, which right. I know he's doing. Right. Yeah. This is that guy I wanted you to meet. Like, okay, but like, I. Better hair Fraser, we'll call him. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it, it is a little, uh, a little odd. Um, okay. Here's a weird thing. When Lana comes over, she specifically says, like, Claire, what are you doing standing here alone? Mm-hmm. Right? For some reason. So this transcript site specifically says, like, that line says, Claire, what are you doing staring at the moon? They're inside. What is, what, where in the world would that have come? Like, what is that? How did you get it that wrong, transcript people? You're very helpful well, to me. Well, do they mean, like... Staring off into the distance? I guess maybe, but like that's definitely not what she said. She definitely says standing here alone. It's clearly that, which I just find very amusing. Anyway, yeah, we meet uh, Neil. Claire goes Plus to meet Daphne him. isn't even in this scene. <laughs> right. If it was Niles, then I'd be like, oh, yeah, that line makes sense. Mm-hmm. He's staring at the moon, but mm-hmm. it's not. So then we're back at Fraser's apartment. They're... Uh, 
you know, still trying to set up the DVD player. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and Daphne's like, hey, no, maybe. They're, they're like actually looking at the manual. Right. Now. Well, Daphne is, but Daphne's not the one setting it up. Martin is, and he doesn't need it. No, but that was earlier. I think he's actually trying to follow the instructions now, isn't he? Well, no, I guess he says he doesn't need it. He needs like a hammer and some wire. <laughs> Why, yeah, some like wire cutters and, and, and a beer. No, it doesn't say wire cutters. It's like wire shredders, wire... Strippers? Does yes. It, yeah, 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 yeah. Which, um... Why do you need a hammer for setting up a DVD? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Like, a DVD player needs no hammer. It definitely doesn't need a hammer. Yeah. No. Yeah, yeah. Um, Unless you're watching some, like, old 90s music videos and it's, like, MC Hammer. <laughs> uh, that's very useful. Having yes. your Hammer DVD. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they they basically decide, like, they're going to they're gonna do a little party game instead. Roz, yeah. Of course, Roz has been at a party where they confess their most shameful secrets. Yeah, but it has to be someone you've never told, something you've never told anyone before. I don't know that I have a shameful secret I've never told anyone before. Mm. That would be like I would ever tell it. Like, like that's not a thing. Like there's nothing that would be interesting to me at a party. I do. That you've never told anyone. Yes. Okay. What is it? I'm not gonna say it on the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> All right. So yeah, we we find out that uh, basically. Niles' most shameful secret is that there was a bully in fifth grade named Jack Winfield who Niles just beat up because he was bothering girls. And, like, how is that a shameful secret? You beat up a bully? He's ashamed of hurting somebody, but also hurting somebody that apparently had rickets. I don't know (laughs) what rickets is. Me neither. I've never, like, it's one of those things that is always in my head is just like, I think Weak it's the Victorian making... urchins have rickets. Yeah, and so I, I think that's the point, is he beat up somebody that was probably easy to beat up. Yeah, yeah. And then, okay, I love the response of, okay, so Daphne's secret is that she stole a teddy bear, but then she confessed to her parents, they brought it back, and then she, she was, like, worked it off by, like, uh, volunteering at an orphanage. Right. And I love that Roz is just like, I'd put that on my resume. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Like, that's not... That's you learning something as a child and understanding, like, the the negative effects of, like, stealing and then paying a penance for it. Like, that's not... Yeah, that's not... You know Daphne has actual real dark secrets. Yeah, we already know the story. Like, the, the story about her, like sleeping with someone on the skylight and a bunch of people in the like and people maybe she's not ashamed of that she's like hell yeah maybe it could be it could be okay so did you look up rickets yes okay okay so So it's a vitamin it's when you got a vitamin d deficiency Mm -hmm. and like your bones soften oh it's like super bad yeah i knew it was a vitamin like it's a bone disease oh okay okay yeah, I, I knew it was a vitamin D deficiency. Um, I guess that makes sense because that explains why you get rickety. Like if something is like going to fall apart, it's rickety. Is it related? Probably. Yeah. I yeah. Anyways, vitamin D. Yeah. Get vitamin D. Get that D. So then we go to. <laughs> so then um, it's Martin's most shameful secret. I think we know Dave's right now. 
what? Nothing to be ashamed of. Martin's most shameful secret is that whenever he watches The Sound of Music, he cries. Like, cries real hard. Like, serious crying. He just gets so sad. Okay, we can't... We need to say what he said, which is, I cry like a lady, which gross. Yeah, yeah. But that would be a big deal for him because that is how Martin is. Yep. Yep. It's... I don't... Why does this have to be, like, a secret when you're a man that you cannot cry? Like, I think this is, like, changing more. Yeah. But I, I don't really know because... I also think, like, my my group that of men that I'm exposed to would not be, like, embarrassed to say, like, oh, yes, I have cried sometimes because mm-hmm. things have gotten sad or yeah. I was touched in a way that brought tears to my eyes. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that is, you know... But I think there are still a lot of men that are just, like, embarrassed by crying. That it's yeah. a thing that... You know, you know, women cry. So right. I don't want to be that because as a man, I am the opposite of that. Right. Which is interesting because, like, people act as if, like, that's the tradition. That's just how men are or whatever. But then, like, I think about if you ever read the Iliad, Achilles, the great warrior that, like, is the, like, the, they're, like, the Greeks are, like, relying on to, like, help them against Troy, spends most of that story crying in his tent because his, like, his friend died. Um, yeah. Like, like it, it, not only is it all about being, like, really, like, a man being very, in you know, closely connected with a another man that he's friends with, but, like, he's sad and crying and it like stops him from fighting for a while and then it makes him crazy rage person that tries to fight a river but like that's a river of his own tears not exactly it's an actual river okay i figured (laughs) but he's battling with a sword you know. You know. But, like, that's, yeah, like, the, like if you get sad and cry, just cry. Don't be ashamed of that. That's just a thing. Like, whatever. But, yeah, like, Martin's I mean, we can say cry- that, but we're, like, not the people that are going to make fun of you. Right. For that. Martin's definitely in a generation where you would be made fun of for crying but about sad But I don't think it's just generational. It's a social, like, construct in our society sure, yeah, where yeah. people, like, men would be bullied for crying. In fact, women are bullied for crying. Right. Because it's like the you cannot be weak. Crying is weak. Mm-hmm. And I think this belief that you need to work yourself like till you're dying mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, hold in on your emotions like a wall is just like killing society. So mm-hmm. agreed. I just it's OK. You can cry and you mm-hmm. can move on from the crying it doesn't mean that you nothing what changes about people when they cry like nothing you just feel better yeah you literally what it does is like there are stress hormones that are released through your tears like that like when you're upset Mm -hmm. like the tears like have like they can they've tested them and it's not just like water and salt there's actual stress hormones that come out you literally release stress when you cry see i don't think like it's not like i think there's a difference between like i'm a person that doesn't like cry or show a lot of emotions and then being like i can't be a person that cries right or show emotions some people just 
are more stoic. Yeah. But I also, I'm thinking about like Mulder. Mulder mm-hmm. cries all the time in the X-Files and I don't, I don't know, do people think of Mulder as being especially masculine? I don't know, but I wouldn't say he's not masculine. Right. Like, I don't cry very often, but that's not me holding it back. It's just that, like, that's not the physical response my body has when I'm upset about things. Yeah, and there are but plenty like, of people that are don't do that. Right. Like, it has nothing to do with, like, shame or anything like that. It's just literally, like, that's not what gets I, triggered. I, like, cry at everything. And I've gotten even more cry as I've gotten older, where I cry at commercials and, like, wedding proposals when that did not happen before uh-huh. i'm just like wow this is the most touching thing i've ever seen this grandma <laughs> this grandma just giving chocolates to her you know grandchildren i don't even know why i don't know i feel like what i'm about to say is going to sound like i've written a fake like masculine character that's supposed to try to sound manly the one thing that makes me cry consistently is war movies well, I understand why, because that is, like, the those situations are really hard emotionally. Yeah. yeah. Like, and, you see, like, really awful things. Yes. Yeah. And it's always very specific types of scenes where somebody's just, like, overwhelmed and helpless type of And sor- when they're sor- feeling, when you're seeing the vulnerability of a character right. on the screen where, right. yeah, like, like, that makes a lot of sense. But, like most things that you would consider like a tearjerker i'm just like i mean i'm sad like i'm not it's not like i'm not emotionally affected by it but it doesn't do that to me but like well didn't didn't you cry during the john that john green book i get a reading not so i guess it depends on what you mean when you say crying if you mean like actual tears like well you welled up a bit it, yeah, it was it was like it it was a little dusty, you know. It's like my eyes were watering a little. Mm-hmm. Yes, like in the Fault in Our Stars. Yes, definitely made me. I hate when I cry during a movie, it's like the most embarrassing thing. Like I'm not even talking about that. I actually didn't cry while reading that book, mm-hmm. uh, which was surprising. Mm-hmm. Um, what book is that? I can't remember. I just said it's the Fault in Our Stars. Yeah, yeah. What was that movie Inside Out? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. With like the animated movie about feelings yeah yeah. oh my god yeah 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 i'm just like that was very i hate crying like crying in a movie theater just feels too vulnerable to me Uh and i've cried in public a lot but it's something about like you're in the dark with all these other people that may also be crying Mm -hmm. and it's like really weird and i'm just like i don't want anyone to see me Mm because that's the only time i feel embarrassed by Mm -hmm. it yeah no, which I get. If I was like, at the movie by myself, I'd feel less embarrassed. But it's like, I have the time I'm at the movie with you, and I should feel comfortable crying, but it's like, it's doubly embarrassing. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Meanwhile, I've only cried in a movie theater a couple times. One, weirdly, was there was a moment in Pearl Harbor based on the thing I was just talking about, somebody just being, like, helpless and overwhelmed. And then also, at the end of The Last Jedi, I started just, like kind of sobbing like that like the end of that movie kind of just destroyed me i don't me. think i even knew that i think you were also kind of embarrassed yeah no you asked me like if i was okay and i was like no <laughs> like i was definitely like really upset i think sometimes i'm just like don't want to be this is gonna sound so jerky but it's like when so like if someone's crying like i'm like i don't want to be here <laughs> like, no, like i get it like it's more it, it, because it's like i want to give that person right. like space to like have their thing and then like if they need me to be there but like yeah. then there are times where someone is 
it's like if you're sitting on a couch having a conversation with your friend and they right. start crying you're like oh come here and let me hug you if that's what you want like mm. it's okay yeah but it's like especially like in a movie it just feels like you you should be in a solitary box where no one can see you you can just feel <laughs> right. all the emotions yeah it, it was uh, it was both a, i think it, with that it was a combination of like one I find the very last scene in that movie really touching, but also immediately followed by the like tribute to Carrie Fisher. I was just like, <gasps> like, yeah, it just like wrecked me. It like so much. It just, it, I found it very upsetting. Anyway, um, Roz has a secret. I want to know, know what the secret I know. is. Where, okay, I love that Martin's just like, look, I was, I've heard all the things yeah. as a cop. I was I was I was in war. I was a vice cop. I can handle it. And she whispers it to him. And he's just like, huh. like he's so horrified that he just like leaves. He's like done. Like he can't he can't be in the room anymore. Mm-hmm. Let alone like talk about the thing that she just said. And she's Which just like, like, yeah. She's so proud of herself. Yeah, she would be and should be. Good job. Good job. I love Roz. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Same. So this is also kind of a reference to a book that was popular at that time because it's like Tuesdays with Maury. Yeah. There was this. I'm pretty sure the season one finale of Frasier was Tuesdays with Martin. Yeah. This is like that? the second time they've referenced this thing. Okay. So here we got, yeah, Tuesdays with Frasier and we're back at the birthday party mm-hmm. that basically... Lana has been crying and upset the entire time and everyone's and, kind of being a and jerk. drinking. Yeah, but crying I think drinking. like everyone's being kind of a jerk. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just mostly was amused because once again, I'm amused by the transcript that says Lana half in her cups is mm-hmm. sitting at the table. And I'm like, half in her cups she's is on, a good... She's on, her, she's on the gear. Yeah, she's on the gear. She's half in her cups. She's on the gear. I, I just was amused by that uh, term. Anyway, yes. I... Okay, so the one time where I feel like you have to be nice to someone, even if they're maybe emotionally an emotional vampire most of the time, Mm -hmm. is on their birthday, to the surprise birthday party that you decided to show up to. Yeah. Like, just be there for that person, Mm because you can leave and never talk to them again for another year. Right. Yeah, but you went to their birthday party. Like, Like, be supportive. Like, just listen to her, pat her back. Right. Or give her some water. Yeah. Literally, like, so one of the things she gets upset by is because people keep leaving. If she, if people just stayed in a different part of the room, Mm -hmm. this wouldn't be as upsetting, I think, as people just leaving the party. Because, Mm -hmm. like, like, we're later going to see that she's upset. The one time you want special attention is definitely on your birthday. If you care about that. Yeah. And she would care about that. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we see... Uh, like, oh, uh, this is an awkward moment because Claire and Neil are talking. Claire's already got a glass of red wine, but Frazier decides to bring one. That's like, yeah, this his... is so awkward. And then, like, she's just like, oh, yeah, I can't just... choose. Yeah, I'll just sit both of these. Man, no, Frazier, you, no, you, you've, but also, like, he does the big thing here where he sees, like, Lana, like, by herself mm-hmm. and goes and comforts her. Yep. Also, hold on. We need to back up because yeah. one of the things that he does to, to, like, try to put up a race with Neil here is to yeah. be like, you like BMWs? Yeah. I can drive you around in mine. Yeah. 
Neil owns a plane. Like, you don't... She like, doesn't like planes. I get that. But, like, the guy that owns a plane is more impressive than the guy that owns a BMW because the guy that owns a plane can probably also own a BMW. Neither one of these things would impress me at all. Right, but I'm saying I, if you're you know going what to would be impress in- me would be like, yeah, would you like to see my curio collection? <laughs> or like, like I have a coffin. <laughs> the thing is, like, I'm just saying, Fraser hearing her not being interested in riding in Neil's plane and being like, I have a BMW... It's just like, yeah, guess what? Neil probably also has a very nice car. Like if he's I have well five off- cats. You can meet <laughs> them all. I'm like, yes, sign me up. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, I'm a llama farmer. <laughs> mm-hmm. All of those are more interesting than having a plane. Sure. The BMW isn't, is all I'm saying. Like, a BMW Neil- is st- st- probably better than a llama farm. <laughs> I mean, if you just only care about money is the only reason you would care about having a plane. Right. And I'm saying the fact that Frazier is trying to say, like, well, how do you feel about BMWs? Well, because she says she doesn't like planes. She also says, that sounds interesting, and I'll take you up on that. Yeah. And then yeah. he has to run away. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, like, if his thing was only about, like, knowing the local, like, proprietor, like, vineyard proprietors, I would just, I'd be like... Okay, yeah, that's that makes sense. I feel like he's trying to be impressive because he has a BMW. And it's like, okay, that's not as impressive. Because some people, to some people, that would be impressive. Sure. I'm saying Neil probably also has a very nice car, is all I'm saying. Like, Neil okay, can probably just be like... Okay, you get that part out. I agree with that. He probably already has a nice car. Yeah, that's all I'm so, saying. So, basically... Lana says, hey, that's probably not going to As Neil and Claire leave together under the premise of her having an early meeting, which sounds like garbage to me. (laughs) But also, like, if they're going to hook up, I think, one, it's really weird because Claire seems to be hitting it off with Frasier and then decides to just, like, go with this other guy for some reason. It is weird. I'm just like. Also, Claire set up this surprise party. Everyone else has left, which clearly Lana thinks it's too early. She's upset that it's too early. And then Claire, who set up the party, is like, yeah, also I'm out. Is she paying the tab for this? I don't too? know. Yeah, yeah, like, this is very strange. Yeah, yeah I agree. But Lana kind of promises, like, hey, if you'll do me a solid and, like, I've never said that before. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, tutor my kid. Cause we didn't talk about that. Like yeah. her, her one son isn't doing well in U.S. history. Yeah. And Frazier comes up with the worst excuse of all time, which is I'm very popular with tutoring. So I can't <laughs> yeah, yeah. just tutor anyone. Right. People ask me all the time. If I say this to one person, I'll why don't you just say, I don't have the time to do that. No, just, thank you. No. Yeah. But anyways, so she kind of throws that back in his face and is like, Hey, if you'll help me. Mm-hmm. If you'll help my son, I'll help you in hooking up with Claire and right. like you trying to date Claire. Right. So then the last scene is them in Lana's house and we meet Kirby mm-hmm. who has never even seen his own textbook. <laughs> right. The thing I find really funny about this is like I didn't realize when so I've seen episodes of Frasier with Kirby in it. I know mm-hmm. him as a character. Uh, mostly I think of him as essentially being like shaggy 
Like yep. he, he's the, there's a, there was always a character in my head. Was, I was like, he's someone's kid. I'm pretty sure, but he's basically just Shaggy. Mm-hmm. And you didn't know it was Lana's kid. I, I I don't remember. Like I didn't connect it when we were watching uh-huh. Lorna in the previous episode. Mm-hmm. That like that that was connected. I remember when we saw that episode. I was like, I feel like I saw Lorna in other episodes, and I know Kirby now. But like it's only now that I'm putting it together. It's weird because I have a lot of like. You know, I've probably, I've seen certain seasons a lot Mm -hmm. and certain episodes a lot, but don't think of it like chronologically. And I'm sure like a lot of people do unless you watch the seasons like over and over and over again. And so there are certain episodes that I definitely stick out and I'm like, where are those episodes? And I'm like, oh, I've seen a lot of these later seasons. Uh It's like some middle seasons i didn't mm-hmm. see like seven i don't super remember right. which you think i would it's a pretty big deal uh, season i feel like there are specific episodes that come up a lot from season seven mm-hmm. that are really important and then a lot of season seven that you're that just like you don't care about that if you're watching season seven that's not the episode you care about so that's not what gets replayed as much yeah so but the thing is, what I never realized was that Kirby's supposed to be, like, a high school student. Mm-hmm. Because, like, this actor, when this came out, is, like, 26 years old. Mm-hmm. And That's on par of right, how right. who plays high school characters? Sure, it is. But I guess I didn't, because I wasn't ever seeing it in the context of watching the show regularly, I never realized even when Fraser was supposed to be helping him, I thought he was helping him with like college stuff. No. Which maybe I've seen later episodes, so maybe he is helping him with college stuff later. Maybe um, it is that, but like I never realized he was supposed to be in high school. Well, in it's this. this is his senior year, so sure, he would be yeah. 18, yeah, yeah. 17, 18. Yeah. Okay, can we talk about Kirby's shirt for a second? <laughs> yeah, I was I knew you were going to bring up this shirt. Yes. Why? Cuz I saw it and I was like Diana's going to bring up this shirt. Okay, so yeah. what do you think of his shirt? Uh, I mean, it's kind of like a dumb. Whenever there's shirts that are like chicks dig this thing, it's uh-huh. just like what? Why? That's a bad choice of shirt. But I, also, I mean, for me in particular, well, we should say what it says. Oh yeah, sorry. Mm-hmm. No, I let's not. Here, I'll just read it from the transcript. Uh, chicks dig scram pale guys. What? <laughs> that is not. No, that's what. I'm reading it right here. This is exactly what it said. Uh, Frazier is sitting at Lana's ki- uh, kitchen table with her son, Kirby, a staring teenager with a punk hairstyle um, and, and, um, and a Chicks Dig Scram Pale Guys okay, t-shirt. Okay. Okay. <laughs> what is up with this transcript? Okay. One, he doesn't have a punk hairstyle. No, he just has not. curly hair. Yeah, it's a, it's a big poofy curly. But that's hair. just his natural hair is yeah. curly. Yeah. Also, his shirt says "Chicks dig scrawny pale guys." That, no, it's, it says right here on the transcript. It's scram. It's definitely scram. That makes a lot of sense. Scram pale guys. <laughs> no one can see me giving you my face that no. I give you constantly. Yeah. No, no, I know. It's definitely scrawny. Like. <sighs> Yeah. I I know the joke here is that chicks do not dig that, but I do, so. (laughs) You do? (laughs) Anyway, yeah. No, I was was just amused by this shirt, and I knew, like, I was like. Well, I think it's a a funny, it's like a funny shirt because, like, the point is, like, 
they don't. But like obviously some do because that's how the world works. Mm -hmm. It is. Yes. I apparently liking people with a right part means you're just in a nerdy evil people. (laughs) That I didn't know that that was a thing on like TV shows. It's not even so. It has been through scientific study. It has been proven that people find. People with a left a left part more immediately likable than somebody with a right part. You're more likely to trust somebody with a left part, and you're more likely to like them if they have a left part. And Do I have a left part or a right part? I have yours is right, but exactly because I'm evil. Okay, I think it may be more about men with a left part versus a right part. Mm. But the fact is, like, that is definitely a thing that has been but proven. But the neutral if it's in the middle. <laughs> uh, if it's in the middle, then you're a 90s heartthrob. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Immediately trustworthy. <laughs> yeah, definitely the most trustworthy. But, yeah, no, that's a that's a thing. And so, like, stylists and TV shows and stuff will use that fact. Well, I thought it was really interesting with, like, the Clark Kent right. Superman. Right. Where they th- do the part differently because I right. never noticed that. Mm-hmm. I think that's really interesting. So, anyways, yeah. So he's just trying to do the tutoring, and like Lana ends up being all yelly, being Lana, and to be continued. Yeah. Hey, I, I like the thing is watching this. This doesn't feel like uh, to be continued. This yeah. just feels like a they're setting up the next episode. Yeah, I agree. So. But, like, I don't know what happens in the next episode, but, like, I, this easily, from the perspective right now, this easily could just be that they do another episode that also features Lana and Kirby and Claire or whatever. But also, there, I'm just realizing now, the end bit that mm-hmm. we shouldn't even bother talking about doesn't make any sense, and I bet stuff is going to happen that makes it make more sense. Oh really? You don't? It doesn't make more sense. It, well, Why? because these the thing is like. Well, let's uh, talk about the end this, bit. Then. The the end bit, according to this, doesn't act wasn't on in this part. It's at okay. the end of the next part. Where they're trying to return the DVD. Yeah, that wasn't in the uh, the original oh. ending here. It's in the end of the next. Okay, bit. okay. Then we'll just talk about it then. Yeah. Yeah, because there's stuff in this about the about the DVD player and such, and I feel like something's gonna happen in the next episode. Okay. Which that's the part where I feel like you couldn't, if you're gonna continue that bit, this has to be a to be continued. But mm-hmm. that bit doesn't matter, so it's kind of weird. Where it's like, if you were to carry the B story forward, is what I'm saying. The B story with the DVD player and whatever into that's the next B movie. That wasn't one of the choices. <laughs> Not that one. I'm just saying, if you're gonna do that. Nothing funnier than that B, right? It's true. It's very true. Yeah, I, I feel like that's not a story that can continue into the next episode without it being a to be continued. But I didn't realize there was more to it. I didn't even think about it till just now. Like there so must be I more think to- that's a really interesting thing to bring up that it just feels like a whole complete episode without the to be continued because I agree. Yeah. Okay. So drinks, I guess. Yeah. You know? Drinks in this episode. We got a martini that... Fraser goes to get the two martinis, but then, Does but he then get Claire. Two martinis. Or yeah, he okay. comes back with two, but then Claire is talking with Neil, and like he doesn't really have it to give to her. Like mm-hmm. she's not there to give to it. Uh, there's some red wine and some beer at Fraser's apartment when they're trying to set up the uh, DVD players. But we mm-hmm. don't really see what they are. 
red wine we do hear about is the Opus One that Neil really likes and the Barbaresco Gaia that Fraser prefers. I've never heard of either of these wines, but they're wines that each of them think are very good. Uh, so those are the drinks. Plus, like, Lana has a bunch of drinks and, and such. There's other drinks happening, but mm-hmm. nothing else that really gets any sort of a name. No callers this episode because we don't, uh, we weren't ever in the studio. Did we learn any words? No, none. none yeah. Nothing really stood out to me Yeah, in this. me neither. So, uh, let's rate the episode. 4.5. All right. I uh, don't know why it's not a 5. I mean... I don't know that. I mean, I think that makes sense. I don't think it's necessarily like a perfect. So one. I think it's four point five Daphne's popcorn that she's eating before the movie. Before the uh-huh. movie starts, so they'll probably never get to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I like four point five. Also, I'm gonna go with four point five Jack Winfield's. Knew it. I thought about going with the Duke. You went about La- Lana's younger son, who doesn't have a name. Yeah, I wonder if he get got a name in the first episode with Lorna. I'm not sure. I don't know. I prefer Lorna. I think it's easier to say. I don't know that it is, but... Well, I knew somebody named Lorna. Oh, okay. So that's I fair. I think it's just easier. Yeah. Now, the thing is 4.5. That's that's where Lori Kirkland Baker is, basically. She had a 4.47. The last episode she did, which was uh, uh, Cranes Unplugged, it was the one out in the woods with mm-hmm. Freddie she got the lowest rating she's ever gotten from us because you gave it like a 3.2. Like, that's the only reason it, that her average isn't already above a 4.5. Yeah, I think this episode's great. Yeah, it's so. very good, which is weird because of the fact that it has a 7.5 out of 10 on that, I don't think that's bad. No, but for a Frasier episode, it's almost uh, as low as it gets. The lowest, like I said, the lowest was 7.2. So are most like 8s and 9s? Yeah, Seven point two is the lowest it gets. So seven point three. Maybe people don't like Lana, but you just said they did. So yeah, like that's the thing. Like people liked that character so much that they brought her back when they didn't intend to. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Anyway, and then that brings us to the section of the episode called "We're Listening," where we respond to messages you send us on Twitter at Fraser Podcast or emails you send us at FraserPod at gmail.com. We got a message from Ben uh, mm-hmm. all about Daphne Returns. He had tweeted at us that he probably had kind of a long message okay. coming. This is kind of a long one. Hi, Diana and Dave. Well, I tweeted you to say I felt a long email coming on and here we are. I've been struggling to watch the episodes lately, but I really wanted to rewatch this one before contacting you, hence the slight delay. It's definitely a different type of episode, but I think necessary and in some ways quite courageous. If we think about this from the sitcom perspective, they could easily have had Niles and Daphne get together and live happily ever after with the issue of Niles having idolized her for years remaining completely unaddressed. They also could have just had a situation where Daphne returns from the spa, she's lost the weight, and no deeper cause is explored. They chose to explore both facets of the Niles and Daphne relationship, and I'm glad they did because it allows the relationship to continue on a more honest, realistic footing. So, yeah, I mean, I think we've addressed this a bit, but I definitely agree with that. that yeah, I agree. I think that was, like, well said. I Yeah. Yeah, I think it was a really kind of different and good move for the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, to totally. Have, like, to have, it makes the characters deeper as well. So. Right. Yeah. Like, if they hadn't ever had to deal with Jane Leaves getting pregnant and, like, figure the, out how they were going to, like, yeah, work around that. Yeah, I'm curious how that would have changed. Yeah. Like, would this have happened still? Yeah, they might have just ignored it. And I think that is... I think it makes it a better show to have right. this uh, episode, to have this, like, 
argument and like kind of realization from mm-hmm. Niles. Yeah. So. Agreed. All right, so moving on. The episode doesn't upset me, but I can understand why you were disturbed by Niles' behavior. I think what's going on here is that Niles wants to collect Daphne from the spawn, get on with their perfect relationship without acknowledging any issues or working through any ongoing concerns. This comes to light in their first scene together in the car. Yeah, I think that's true They that he just sort of thinks everything is perfect, but that's the issue, right? Like, is the whole thing where he just wants to, like, move on and it's it's fine and, like, there aren't any issues. But, like, I guess my problem here with that is always just that Niles is a psychiatrist. It's his job to be able to see stuff like that. So the fact that he can't is worrisome. Like when somebody, somebody that's supposed to be the person that's like most important to you, like the person that you care about this much has a major change to their behavior and it's manifesting physically. And you as a psychiatrist don't for any, at any moment go like, Oh, hey, maybe that's a thing we should think about. Like, if she's been away this long, I, she he never thinks about why that might happen, really. Yeah. No, I think that's true. I think that could be, obviously, it's a really hard realization for him. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I think it can be hard to accept that maybe you contributed in a negative way to somebody's, like, mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, so, he's not the best at, like, owning up to his own mistakes. I mm-hmm. mean, either are any tv show characters really (laughs) yeah but i think like just because you make a mistake even one where i mean it's weird because we see how like shallow kyron niles is Mm -hmm. i think you can make really big mistake Mm -hmm. with someone that you love and care about and that doesn't mean that that person is going to immediately just throw you under the bus there are lots of like circumstances that are important and i think like a lot a lot of times those this makes them closer right Mm -hmm. that they have they're like well i don't like these things about you so i feel closer to you and you know what that doesn't make you it's weird to see someone say like well i hate this aspect of you right but that doesn't mean i hate you right i don't like that right that's okay right yeah i don't know yeah i just think it's i it's so good that mm-hmm. we see this. It's an important. Yeah, it's a really important episode. It is. It is. By the way, I enjoy the presence of all the balloons, if only because it prevents the use of that awful, awful, awful video backdrop that gets used in almost all U.S. television shows, though we do still see it through the side windows. I've never understood it. The budgets for TV shows there are huge, and yet they always use this completely unconvincing technique. I think Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul are two of the only shows I've watched in which the cars are actually on a low loader and driven around. TV shows in the UK have tiny budgets by comparison, but would always do this and never use the video backdrops. Yeah, I don't really know why some do and some don't, other than maybe it's just that, like, it's a lot easier to get the sound right and the lighting right and such if you can just stick a, like, if you can just stick a fake car in a studio that's lit properly. And also, I guess there's the fact that, like, there's a live audience, so it's a lot harder to do a live audience if you're... Oh, yeah, I bet that is one of the reasons yeah. why. You can't, yeah, you can't have their live audience if it's, if they're in a car, in an actual car. So, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like that might be a major I part of I also think, like, more, like, sitcoms on, like, the kind of network television as opposed to, like, cable. Mm-hmm. So, like, Breaking Bad was on AMC. Mm-hmm. And which is a cable channel. Right. So the budget for that and like how they do that would be, it was on AMC, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, or yeah. TBS. No, it was AMC. That's correct. Yeah. And 
so I feel like they're not doing it in front of a live audience, and but it's also just shot differently. Yeah. And but also like shows that are like on HBO and like mm-hmm. Showtime yeah. and things probably wouldn't use that background either. They would use. Yeah. There, I think, well, so there's also probably the fact that like when, if it's an NBC show, right? Or CB, I forget which channel this was. CBS? I can never remember what channel Frasier was on. I thought it was on a- a- NBC. NBC, ABC, CBS, Fox, any of those things. That's the important thing that I was trying to get at. They've got a big studio with multiple uh, production lots, right? So they probably, they, they would have something set up with that sort of, for that sort of video background where they would be able to easily just set up a set and just do it. So when you're trying to film something, I think when you're trying to film something like week by week, like a sitcom like Frasier, it's a lot easier to do that than like go on location, set up the front loader thing, you know, set, set up the, lo- the, the trailer thing, put a car on it, film that thing, and then send all the actors back back to the studio where they're going to actually film all of the other scenes and then edit all that together it's probably a lot easier to to be able to stay on one lot you don't have to go on like location you don't have to do all that stuff so that's probably a major part of it is just because you're going week by week by week and you're trying to do 24 episodes a season you don't want a random thing in the middle that well we put a scene in a car so we need to go on location somewhere and close off some streets and do all this other stuff yeah we want to like be able to just go next door where there we can just put a car next a, a bmw car basically next door with a video going and we're ready to go as opposed to like there's a lot that you have to do if you want to film outside on a street uh you know and i think it must have something to do with how american tv shows are just like all that i don't even know if it has something to do with budgets it just must have something to do with how they produce those kinds of tv shows yeah and it was on nbc i checked okay i always said nbc but then i saw something else that i thought said cbs and i was like that's weird i could have sworn it was on nbc so yeah. i was confused i don't know why i feel like i never watched cbs that's yeah me me too that's why I was, like i swear i saw something that said cbs about it and i'm like i don't, I don't even don't know what shows come on cbs yeah i'm not sure either but we don't also watch network television right not now. not anyway. now but even then yeah. i definitely did so yeah anyways. anyway so yeah. Anyway, back to Frasier. It's a nice reunion scene between the two of them at first before the problems arise. Niles gets defensive when he feels he's being blamed, even though Daphne is just explaining what is what was discussed in therapy. And I think that's understandable to an extent. It's irrational, and it's not how people should react, but I think it's how they often do react in this kind of situation. Uh, the scene still ends with them saying, I love you to each other. So it's sweet, but we've seen the cracks. The reunion scene in the apartment is really uncomfortable, but I think done well. Frazier and Martin both recognize that Niles is acting terribly. There's still some comedy in the scene and some sweet moments, like Frazier's little speech, but ultimately the issues between Daphne and Niles are out in the open, and it's uncomfortable. Uh, yeah, again, I I agree. Uh, yeah, I think it's done well. I think it's just sort of... It's because it's not what we've grown to expect, right? It's not the behavior we expect. It's not the show we expect. And so watching it, it's like, what's what's happening in this moment like what is this thing we're dealing with and i think that's where i get uncomfortable with it i mean we're supposed to be uncomfortable so i think that is fine i think it yeah 
Yeah. Also, a quick note about the refrigerator pig. Apart from all the other issues, why would Fraser think this is in any way suitable for a shared household? Two other people live there, and it would go off as soon as anyone opened the fridge. You know what? I did not even think about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. totally. Yeah. Like, surely this is going to get annoying fast. Right. Like, everyone going there would, would be setting this thing off. I mean, I feel like most likely it's just there to be like, haha, this is a funny thing, but like he wasn't planning on keeping it there. Mm -hmm. But like if he was, yeah, that would be so annoying so fast. Mm -hmm. Anyway, then for me, the most unusual and effective part of the episode is the visitation of the scenes from the previous episodes. For sitcom in 2001, it's done pretty well from a technical standpoint to have Frasier and Niles inserted into and watching these old scenes. Yeah, I love that part. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's it's very cool. And I agree, done pretty well. Mm-hmm. If you know what you're looking for, there's definitely some, like, like it's not perfect, but, like, I don't care. Like, it's not something that, to me, stood out, like, oh, that's weird, and now I'm taken out of the scene. It, you shouldn't be believing it. They're literally, like, standing in a scene they weren't in from mm-hmm. like, several years before. Like, it mm-hmm. totally makes sense. It's an inventive way of exploring the issues and showing Niles and us the idealized version of Daphne. Interestingly, the scene in which Daphne and Niles sing is a little bit different from what was originally broadcast. I don't think it's been reshot, but uh, but it's probably original footage from an angle that was unused in the original episode. Yeah, yeah, because it's from mm-hmm. it's not like straight on. Right, it's yeah. like from that side. Yeah. Yeah, it's from that DVD. It's like the DVD multiple angle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it is. It's yeah. a multi-angle shot. Yeah. I've read that it's also in a different key. In this episode, they also loop the footage. This is disguised during a close-up of Frasier to double its original length. Yeah, I didn't think that scene went on as long as it did. So that that makes sense. I, I meant to go back and look into it. So it's good to hear that that's true. Because I was like, yeah, that, I feel like they weren't singing for this long in that scene. When Frasier and Niles return from their little jaunt into memories, the scene in the office is really effective. It's very serious, and I don't think there's a single laugh in it, but Frasier gives some great advice, and Niles finally listens. This is the beginning of the resolution, and it's done so well. This might make me a terrible person, but when Niles says he doesn't like Daphne's cooking, immediately after apologizing and gets it so wrong, I can't help but laugh. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Like, it's kind of funny. Like, it is kind of funny. No, it is funny. But it's, like, it's... It's so off because of like, it's like there, there's a context where I find this really funny. And there's a context where it's like, oh man. Okay. I think it's written to be funny. Yeah. But oh, I think I won. I don't think that makes you like a bad person. Yeah. 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 Like written to be funny. And I don't think laughing at anything that's intended to be funny and Frasier makes you Right. Yeah. No. uh, Agreed. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, it is funny. It is funny because, like, he's so clueless about it. Right. And his cluelessness is what's funny about yeah. it, for sure. Yeah. I think I was in a bad place emotionally to be, like, based on the previous parts of the episode to then, like, find that part funny. But, like, I do recognize that it would have been funny in a different context so like yeah i don't blame i'm not surprised at all that people would find anyone would find it funny i just well, like it's like I, I remember just like watching that episode and being like oh this yeah. episode was really heavy and i was like i aming with somebody and saying like this episode is so sad and <laughs> drama uh-huh. and i don't like it mm-hmm. i think i just like it put me in a headspace that was just like 
it was hard to find a funny. Yeah. I wasn't taking notes on it. Uh-huh. I was thinking it would be funnier. It would be a, a little lighter of an episode. Yeah, yeah. The analysis is what like pulls it down into this like, Ugh, yeah. I don't want it. I don't want to think of it. That's kind of taking notes. I know we always say this, but like taking notes on the show kind of ruins it a little bit. Yeah. But also adds more depth. Yeah, I think the thing is, it's the depth. It's that like we pay so much more attention than I would to a normal, just a normal viewing of a sitcom that I'm, I'm more invested in the way they're doing things. And so when stuff happens like this, I'm just like, no, 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 God, no. Like, and so like, it's, it's puts me in, it's like, I, I take it more seriously, I think, than I would just, just watching drained. it. This episode was draining. It was. It was. Okay. Uh, it's brave of the writers. It, it goes on to say, uh, it's brave of the writers to give us yet another argument before the end of the episode. But I honestly think we need to have all these issues resolved, which, yeah, I agree. And uh, there's a bit more comedy in this one. Daphne's, you did a worm if I gave it a French name. And Niles in passion, you never gave opera a chance. Uh, and even though it's a sitcom trope, I really like the way this scene and the episode ends. Yeah, I I agree. There's definitely more comedy there. And I think it's... Uh, it ends in a better way. It, it does. ends yeah. uplifting. It, so. Yeah, yeah. I definitely wouldn't want to see this kind of episode every week. But as a one-off to address the Daphne gets fat story arc and to reset the Niles and Daphne relationship, I enjoy it a lot. It's not super comfortable to watch arguments during a sitcom. Uh Although there was a very serious argument between Fraser and Martin in the very first episode of the show, something unusual for a sitcom. But I feel like they were well-written and thought out, made sense, and were ultimately true to our characters. Yes, Niles acted badly, but I can see why. And in the end, he can see why. But it doesn't make me like him any less overall as a character. He didn't do anything irredeemable, and he acted the way people often, unfortunately, act in real life. Yeah, I think that's why it ends up being uncomfortable, because it makes you think of the very human things that people are capable of doing. Yeah. That don't make those people evil, bad people. Right. Those actions are not great. Mm -hmm. It's not great to, and there's a lot of like misunderstanding. This could easily with a real life couple have broken them up. Yeah. Yeah. People break up all the time because of this. Yeah. And it's absolutely the sort of thing that I like the things that Niles says that I find very upsetting. Yeah. They're upsetting because of the fact that it feels like a real thing a real person would say without even thinking twice about the fact that it's so hurtful. What is that movie thing that you're telling me about? Like, what is that called? Like, real core something core? Mumble core? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which is just supposed to sound like uh, people having a real conversation, which is not the way people talk in movies ever because you don't. Like, that's just not how it works mm-hmm. because there's so much little stuff in there. But yeah, mumblecore movies are very interesting because of the fact that they sound more like a real conversation. Yeah, that, I think that's the thing with this episode is that, like, you take Frasier, which is farcical and ridiculous for so much of the show, where, like, even when somebody's being mean, they're being mean in a way that, like, a real person is never mean in that way because mm-hmm. it's too, like, witty and, and, and like, mm-hmm. ridiculous. And then you have someone who's usually not this mean, or if they are, it's in a very snobby, like, mm-hmm. oh, this, this, like, silly, posh guy is, thinks he's being really mean, but also we can sort of mock him, is just mean in a way that everybody else understands. You suddenly go, oh, 
oh no not ah this feels it's interesting off. because like what is happening is our idolistic view of Niles also that yeah is being challenged yeah as this kind of gentle shy you know kind of just you know snobby but like sweet yeah normally caring character mm-hmm. is brought into question because mm-hmm. of these things yeah. and we yeah like i think it's good for the audience to see this and recognize this yeah and i you don't see that a lot where you get challenged by especially in a sitcom you don't really get challenged by the characters they're just mm-hmm. they are who they are yeah and you a lot of times don't see a lot of growth i think there's more growth happening now on fraser than there because there has to be because there right. would be no more show if right. they didn't mm-hmm. but you know in a lot of shows unless you're watching something like i don't know game of thrones mm-hmm. where you're seeing something over years and years and years and you're seeing what basically children grow up mm-hmm. and people change over those times and things make people change right and it's i think it's way more obvious in a show like that mm-hmm. than like Frasier where the change is way more subtle yeah. and isn't about the changing of the characters. It's about the goofy interactions. So mm-hmm. this is like, yeah, it that was a really good letter. I think that mm-hmm. went over th- things really eloquently. Mm-hmm. I agree. In some ways, this is one of my favorite episodes of Frasier, which is an odd thing to say because it's not very funny. And in some ways it's quite unpleasant, but it's a pivotal episode, much like the something borrowed some, someone blue and i appreciate it for that as well as the way in which all the serious stuff is handled i wanted to say something about gill and his producer but i've rambled on for quite a while so uh, here so i'll save that for another time yeah i i yeah that was a great 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 email thank you thank you thank you so much appreciate your thoughts on this because like it is a pretty important episode and i want to hear i think taking like a break from it has helped too. Yeah. Makes me see it in a different way. Yeah. Also talking about it together often helps too. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of my reaction to it is more just the visceral momentary reaction as opposed to like in the context what it means. So Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, We also got a um, somewhat briefer uh, email from Sean Holland about uh, the Wizard and Roz who just said, I'm glad I wasn't the only one who thought of Ghostbusters with the cards. Uh, although this doctor seems more responsible than Dr. Brinkman, uh, I should probably save further Ghostbusters takes for Dave and I's future pod, uh, Crossing the Streams, a Ghostbusters podcast. <laughs> Which would be, uh, yeah, that'd be great. Uh, I can't imagine how you would make an entire podcast about Ghostbusters, but also I feel like if anyone could do it, I could do it. I could be on a podcast. Um, yeah, totally. Also, there's actually a podcast called Crossing the Streams. Oh, yeah, there is. It's not about it's not Ghostbusters. About it's about streaming. It's about, yeah, yeah. like... Like like Twitch-type streaming things. Yeah, yeah. So, but I think that's really funny. It's yeah. obviously a reference to Ghostbusters. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, man, I have a lot of thoughts just about that particular scene, but uh, as last time, mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like it... It fits less than most other things we talk, uh, random mm-hmm. tangents that we talk about on this, so I won't go into it. He also says, uh, I enjoyed Diana talking 90s hockey. I take it Madonna was your favorite star back in the day? Ha! 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 Well, she's definitely my favorite star, yeah. Yeah. But as far as, like, there were a lot of Dallas stars that I liked. This is going to go on. This is just for Sean, so everyone <laughs> just tune this out. Uh-huh. Yeah, there were a lot of Dallas stars that I liked, but um, as far as, like, my favorite like player you know my favorite player was yes yeah who 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 
Yager Yager, obviously. Yeah, like, um, <laughs> like, but, you know, it's like I liked Mario Lemieux. Like, I was a real Penguins fan, so that was... Mm-hmm. That's really... But I lived in Dallas, so, like, that's what I saw and watched a lot. Mm-hmm. And became very, like, involved in in that team <laughs> knowledge. Mm-hmm. J- Jamie Lagenbrunner. Hopefully, I don't know. I liked him. Good name. Good hockey name. That's a good name. name. That's a good name. Yeah. There's a lot of good hockey names, but yeah, Jamie Lagenbrunner is definitely a good one. Mm-hmm. I think my favorite is still Roman Hammerlick, but... Yeah, Roman Hammerlick is a very good name. I, I, I had to say, like, since he was always on the opposing team that he's not rooting <laughs> for, I'm just like, yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Also, like, that referee, Mick Magoo, that, like, <laughs> that's a great name. Yep. Hockey names, best names. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Okay. Uh, anything else you wanted to say on this episode or the emails or any of those things? Uh, thanks for writing to us. It's always, mm-hmm. like, a pleasure to hear from everyone. Love it hearing... Is thoughts if they agree with us or not often better when they do not yeah yeah uh and i love hearing from everyone so thank you mm-hmm. yes thank you and with that this has been episode 821 semi-decent proposal and this is tgif arcade wishing you all good mental health toss salads and scrambled eggs is a production of tgif arcade for more info about the show find us at fraser podcast on twitter tumblr and facebook you can also write to us at fraserpod at gmail.com diana is at sweet lime on twitter and i'm slow motion walter just about everywhere on the internet if you like the show and want to help us do more you could consider making a small monthly donation at patreon.com slash tgif arcade thanks for listening good night seattle we love you